When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Studio 12, your podcast home for Texas A&M athletics. Howdy, and welcome to another edition of Studio 12's Summer Series. I'm Andrew Monaco. Today, I'm going to share some of my favorite moments with Buzz Williams from this past season's episodes of The Buzz Williams Show. You will hear Buzz talk about AC Law and the shot, Hall of Fame head coach Gary Blair and first pitches in baseball. Yes, that will be in the same segment, (laughs) but we begin with Buzz appreciating all that his team has gone through this season. We're not where we need to be, but I do think our staff has done an incredible job on where we're going. So uh, you never know how this will play out. Uh, You know, I think that the virus not only has impacted this year, uh, but I think it will have impact on future years, not just next year. Uh, because it is a free year, it seems to be the, the code word. But that doesn't mean that there won't be guys that eventually will articulate and leave when they should have left. Only time will tell right. that. And it's such a delicate subject. It's a subject you can't really talk about at this moment in time with anybody, nor should you, relative to those kids and what they've been through. And our staff has done an incredible job during the pandemic. You know, this is the other thing, and Josh and I were just talking about it. I haven't left campus since March the 12th to go recruiting. It's helped my health. I'm a better dad. Uh, I'm a better husband in many respects. In some ways, I think I've become a better coach because I have more time to concentrate on that job. We're not allowed to go recruiting, we know for sure, through April. But based on the numbers of COVID, I'm not sure when that's going to be. And so there's different philosophies. Arkansas's philosophy is completely different 
than ours. Texas Tech's philosophy is completely different than ours. But if there were any year to be young, I think that year would be coming out of what we're currently living in. That does not mean that we're going to be great one year from now. We might be, but if you look long-term and if you're trying to play the long game, then I think from an investment standpoint, I think we have done right. Because we hope that this spring won't be aborted the way that last spring was. The one other thing that I think that I've learned from our guys throughout all of this is they've stopped fighting the work and they've become the work. That is not a negative thing. That's a positive thing. When you have to finally accept how hard all of this is, when you have to accept that you have to do this every day, when you accept that the line is so ultra thin, almost invisible, when you have to accept the specific recipe of what's required for this team to win, in addition to three days a week, get tested for COVID. My point is, is our guys are living in almost a created bubble. Come over here and work and work really, really hard and then take your to-go food and go back to your apartment because we can't afford there to be a positive test. When you couple that, COVID-specific issues, social injustice issues that became a tough Tuesday, I'm participating, everybody's participating. Let's learn from this. Let's figure out how to be part of positive change. And let's have really tough, hardcore conversations that we can be accountable for as a group being a part of positive change, not only here, but wherever our lives take us. And then when you add, man, this is really hard at this level to be really good. And this is what's required. When you add all of that up, that's a lot. And then when you finally accept all of that and go, okay, I'm going to try to do my best tomorrow. And I'm going to try to do my best the next day. Because losing becomes even more difficult than normal when all you can do is go to your apartment. And the other thing that I would say is winning has become more difficult, not in regards to how hard it is, but when you win or when you lose, you get to do the same thing. Go home. Mm -hmm. And uh, remember, we're going to wake up early in the morning for the PCR test. We got film, we got individual workouts, we got weights, we got practice, whatever that particular day is. But the instability of all of this is the stability of nothing is normal. And that doesn't mean we're unlike any other program. But when you have to accept all of that at 20, when it's different than any dream you had, they can't come to my office. They can't sign in every day. I don't get to have, as an intangible coach, the in-depth relationship that I typically do. When you take all of your classes on Zoom, like I'm talking to one of the kids that we signed, one of the three high school kids, and I'm like, hey, have you been to a class all year? No. Yeah, so you're going to finish your senior year in high school, and the only time you go to school is to practice. Yes, sir. And that's after every kid has already left the school. Right. I mean, that's never happened. No. And so – our kids, Q's a senior, going to graduate as a JUCO guy, going to graduate on time. Save has taken two classes to graduate. Jay's taken two classes to graduate. Kevin Marfo's playing at this level for the first time and enters here during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It, 
I know that's happening everywhere else. I understand. But the acceptance of all of that requires an enormous, enormous category of resiliency just to absorb all of that, right? right? And then to try to figure out how to win a game, too, while wearing a mask, while having the film room in the practice gym. We can't go in the locker room. I mean, when we travel to go on the road, we'll work early that morning so they can go to their apartment and shower so they can then come back so that we can then get on the bus to then go to the plane. I'm not saying everybody's doing that, but relative to how we've handled the virus and how we have, I believe, poured – we're not practicing on Dr. King Day. Let's learn about Dr. King. Like, I think we've went about it for their life the right way. Has it impacted the results? That could be true. But I think long-term, what we've invested is the right investment. But at the same time, it says so much about who those kids are Mm -hmm. that they've accepted. Guys, we got to get a stop. And when you get a stop, it doesn't count until you get a rebound. And then when we get a rebound, it doesn't count unless the ball hits the rim on the other end. Do all of that, and I'm – I'm not sorry about all of the other stuff because we're all dealing with it at different levels and we're not more important or less important than anybody else. But we still have to do this in addition to all the other things that we're working through. That's a lot. You go through the early non-conference and the conference. Is there a time when players seem to – the fog seems to lift? And is it different for each player? Yes. There is a a time when the fog kind of goes away. And I do think that it is different for each player. Um, there is an adjustment. No matter how talented the player is, um, no matter what the experience level they have, there's an adjustment when you play at this level. And I think because of how serious our program has been specific to the virus, we have missed way more than I've ever said publicly um, so we, we have not played the number of games, and every coach can say that, but we haven't uh, had the same rhythm to anything that we have done uh, in the spring, in the summer. Um, we did not come back to school on time. That was my decision. The administration was over-the-top supportive. So we have missed a lot, and uh, – what we call buzz individuals, we did half of the number we typically do. Boot camp, everybody has some level of familiarity with. We did half of the normal boot camp sessions. Uh, we did not have training camp, mm-hmm. which is when we go in the woods and take a yellow school bus and practice our first five practices. We did not do that. And because we were not in condition and or in shape, uh, you know, from from game number one, you're supposed to back up 42 days and then take uh, 12 of those days off. So in what should be a ramp up, in my opinion, it's the most regulated portion of the calendar by the NCAA. You are able to work less in the ramp up than you actually are in the season, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense, in my opinion. But we took more days off than were required because physically our guys weren't able to go that many days. So I think in defense of our players, 
considering the adjustment that's required for all newcomers. When you add all that I just said to that adjustment, it just means it's going to take longer. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, like similar to what we were talking about with football, you typically have four non-conference games. So relative, and I don't know all of the numbers, but for sure from the time they arrive in August until conference game number one, it's seven weeks. Well, in basketball, it's pretty much the same. You're pretty much going to start the second Friday in November. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you get to the day after Christmas, conference is starting. Well, in we didn't have that seven right. weeks. And what we would typically do prior to those seven weeks, we didn't have that either. And so I don't want to put all of the up and down on our kids at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a portion of it is just how serious – our approach with their families have been since the pandemic started. Um, And I have tried not to articulate that publicly because I don't want it to become, look what we did and look at this and what did this person do? And is it, is he saying it because they're losing? Is he saying it because they're winning? Is he saying it because it's political? Like I've just stayed away from all of that because uh, I want to do right by the life of our players, right. period. So I really don't care what anybody else would say, but I don't want to get into that angst in my tone of voice when I say that. So I've just stayed away from it. I, I've even told Evan, like, I, I'm not going to answer those questions that everybody is, seems to be answering because there's no correct way to answer. The correct way is I need to be able to look at their parents and say, I did with your children what I have done with my children. And my children can't play, and your children can play, but I still have to do right specific to that. And so a portion of our ebb and flow, which has not been normal, is because of that. And that was my decision. It was not those mm-hmm. kids' decisions. There is that thought, the the – the thought when they sign, oh, this is what it's going to be like, until they play that first game at Reed or in college, yeah. it's very different from what they've faced in high school. And then SEC play is a completely different animal, isn't it? Yeah, and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm close with Hassan, and I think the world of him. And uh, he's, he's distinctly above average in wisdom, and he's above average in IQ. And he comes to work early every morning, and so he and I get to chat every day when I'm training. And this portion of the conversation, is our team the team that played LSU or is our team the team that played Auburn? Not the result. Talking about what led up to it. There was drama before we played LSU. Look what happened. There wasn't drama up until Auburn. And that was only one week. And he was like, yeah, that's right. That was only one week. Yeah, man, that was Saturday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's a, these are dog years. You don't know it because you haven't done it, right? But that's why you, you have to develop habits in what you feed your brain and what you feed your soul and how you treat your body and how you practice every day, not just when I'm in the gym. You have to have some level of rhythm because if you can't 
keep yourself in some level of rhythm on when I look at my phone and when I go to bed and when I wake up. You just you're putting yourself not in harm's way because you can be a college kid. I'm not saying you need to be old like me, but you have to have some fluidity and some consistency in how you live if that's what you're wanting to do and how you play. And he hasn't done anything wrong. I just wanted him to see, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was just one week. We have 17 more of those, right? So we have eight more weeks of this. And he's like, whoa. Yeah, but it's good, right? Because if you can take what you learned, you went – it's probably both ends of the spectrum, and we got them both out in one week. So now we know what that one week is, mm-hmm. as opposed to we found it out in week five. But for your, for your career here – how you study tape, how you process a scouting report, the types of notes you take when you hear me talking about it, when you hear the coaches talking about it. But what are you doing on your own, and how are you studying on your own? It's all of those habits that you have to figure out. More of Studio 12's Summer Series, the best of buzz, when we continue here on The Zone. Listen up, homeowners and potential homeowners out there. If you're looking to purchase a home, refinancing your home, maybe even taking some cash out of your home, you must give Matt Winslow a call. Here's the number, 936-443-3064. Matt's a local Aggie. He's fighting Texas Aggie class of 01. And Matt's been in the mortgage industry for over a decade. He would love to hear your story and help you out however he can. Give Matt Winslow a call, 936-443-3064. Studio 12's Summer Series continues. I'm Andrew Monaco, hosting the Buzz Williams Show from 12th Man Productions right here in Studio 12. My fear is always Gary Blair's show precedes ours. So when Gary finishes his show, he meets up with Buzz in the hallway. My fear? Buzz not being in the studio in time. Well, that happened earlier this year, and that led Buzz and I to talk about my fear, (laughs) but also to talk about the Hall of Famer, as well as baseball. It'll all make sense in this segment. Howdy, Coach. I think I should tell the the 12 people that listen <laughs> that the reason your wife, my wife, plus 10, I think Josh's uh, fiance listens if she doesn't have a game or practice. But I don't join the first segment right. because it's my way to honor Coach Blair as he's mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah. And my question is, 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 is Coach Blair's show on the same – radio station as as our show yeah yep i think that's why we only have 12 you think that's it yeah because i can't follow a naismith <laughs> basketball hall of famer so can yeah. we talk to somebody about changing you want to days you want to flip you want to go different it's up to you you're the boss out of all of this it's oh. whenever you want to do it well i'm going to ask coach blair next year what day he's going <laughs> and then we're going to choose from one of the other six got, days gotcha because that's gotcha. that's hurting our online facebook radio listenership you know viewerships. That, that's my fear my fear isn't just that you guys talk in the hallway here at studio 12 and 12th man Productions. my fear is we're not recording it because that's great stuff between you two it's it's um it's manna from heaven like when he texts me he he watches more ball than all coaches at texas a&m combined and when he texts me after our game I'm like, Coach, aren't you playing or didn't you travel? Or Well, I, I timed it up so I could get to the hotel and watch it. We, and what he texts me is 1,000% spot on, as if he was on the bench. 
it's just amazing that um, 17 and one, eighth in the country. And uh, I, t- I told him, I go, Coach, I don't watch every possession of your game, but I watched bits and pieces of it yesterday. And, like, as soon as I give him that fragment of a sentence, he just finishes it. Now, Buzz, let me tell you where we're at, what we need going on, where we're struggling, what I got to do. It's just, as a coach, it's just mesmerizing to listen to because he's a thesaurus. He's almost an encyclopedia of just knowledge. And, uh, and, and for the character in which he represents our institution, it's just like, wow, to be that good of a person and that good of a coach – uh, God didn't make a, a many of that combination, and so when I see him every Monday night, that's what I was thinking when, when I was when I heard my show or whatever this is called the, the 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 song that starts yeah. it. I'm like, I wonder if that, that's that's what's killing us is <laughs> we're following Coach. Like we need to do it on Tuesday morning at eight. Well, you know we are on the network as well. Like we're throughout the entire. And what does that mean, though? That means like everybody who carries Texas A&M sports, the Texas A&M Sports Network. So that's all across the state. We got the entire state. That's, I, that's I know, how big but you I'm are. saying our our listenership <laughs> is twelve, and coaches is twenty two thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's what eight hundred thirty wins will do, right? Yeah, we it's, need to, we need some residue. <laughs> We need some residue from his show. You know, I, it's it, you know. We should just call it the Gary Blair show for two hours, and then I just join. <laughs> I was thinking. Do you do his if, show? No, I don't do his show. Well, I don't want to cut you out. No, but. that's okay. But what? But if what if you and Gary just did it together, and I it would it, it would be a lot easier than doing a show with you because I wouldn't have to say much at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how many commercials we would get in, that's, but you're not going to be able to read all the Rudy stuff times but, 10 off. And that's my other fear. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, is. we would get in a bind. <laughs> hey, Coach, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read all of the commercials at once. And then when we come back from the break, it's your show. And then he just he could handle it. That's the way to do it. He Ultimately, could, he could carry the water the whole time. I just we just need somebody to pipe in. Coach, you have thirty two seconds. Coach, you yeah. have fifteen seconds. Yeah. That's that's my fear. That's that's <laughs> another fear with with you and with Jimbo. Like I'm going to run out of time. Wow. You guys get rolling, and I don't want to interrupt you. I've, I'm I've, I've, I'm not near at the level that Coach Blair or Coach Fisher are. I I haven't listened to Coach Fisher's show, but I I've been knowing Coach Blair since I was a kid, so I know what that was like. <laughs> He doesn't need a host. No, no. Learfield doesn't doesn't have to hire his host. Just coach, you need to come over here at this time. Yeah, and you ever notice he brings all the guests too? Like no one says no to him either when it comes to you should guests. If if you're in the Hall of Fame, yeah, and you have the character and integrity that he has, I, I don't think you should say no. I think it should always be yes, sir. I agree. Yeah, just I agree. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Yes, sir. What I can't wait is when you text him in the spring and ask him where he is, he's going to be over at Bluebell watching baseball. He will be? Oh, absolutely. He's a regular, I'm going to go he's with a regular him. baseball. Oh, I'm going to go with him. Yeah. I've never been over there. Well, I went over there to throw out a pitch the first right. 10 or 12 days right. I was here. That's where he is. He's usually, it was a strike. You were there? Yeah, I saw that. I wasn't there, but I saw the strike. I, I, if anybody's going to throw a strike. What, you saw it on the network? Were, yeah. I knew you were going to throw a strike. He saw it on the network. It was on Facebook. They replayed it. <laughs> Coach wasn't even there. He he was at his son's graduation at Nebraska. Right. That shouldn't count. That, that was like a. Well, you want to throw out another pitch? Is that what you're saying? Or no, Coach what? Blair should. And I'm oh. going to be there. I'm going to be the catcher, and Coach Blair will be the pitcher. Oh, this is getting better and better now. 
That would be good. Oh, so it was that weekend. Was Coach that Ar- Blair needs a – Wait a second. Was that Arkansas? He needs his own uh, – Was that the Arkansas weekend? Because I was in for Dave on that Saturday. Did you throw it Friday night or Saturday? I was there. Now that I think about it. Yeah, well, it, well, was it must in- not have been a strike in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're only now remembering it. Buzz, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't even warm up. Buzz, in my minor league career, right, through baseball, minor league baseball, my career, I Shaq threw out the first pitch. Not even close. It wasn't. It wasn't even close. Well, there's you been were... some comical ones. Oh, I haven't I seen that... the ones that you've seen. But... No, there have been some real comical ones. No, I remember seeing yours. I promise you that. Yeah, Corey was in town that weekend. We hadn't even moved yet. I think she came in town. We were tr- still trying to find a place to live. Do you, do you practice? Or do you just? Oh, yeah. Just... And, and uh, you know. Because you have to throw off the mound, I, too. I threw. I refused to not throw off the mound. I threw in um, 09. For the Brewers, the first year we went to the uh, NCAA tournament. And then I threw in 11 to honor our Sweet 16, 12 to honor our Sweet 16, 13 to honor our Elite Eight. And uh, I got to know Doug Melvin and a lot of those guys, and they gave me the jersey, and we framed it. I mean, it is ginormous. And so I have all of those jerseys framed. And they uh, the number was the year – that I was throwing it out. So there's one that's 09, one that's 11, 12, 13 were the numbers with my name embroidered. Because in uh, 09, I told them, I will only throw it out if our staff and program can stand behind me on the mound. And so uh, the Josh of that time at Marquette, that was before I met Josh, he took a picture from behind the catcher and saw all of our players and all of our coach right as I was in Motion to throw Very it. Cool. Really cool. That's a great picture. And then uh, when the catcher comes out and signs the ball, then I took a picture with Bubba and Mace oh. uh, right there at home plate oh. when they were like little boys. You took full advantage. Yeah, pretty cool. That's excellent. Pretty cool. That's excellent. Studio 12's summer series continues after this here on The Zone. In business, getting your team home safe is the only way to win. With safety resources, training tools, and programs that keep your people healthy. See why Texas Mutual Insurance Company is the right call for workers' comp at TexasMutual.com. The summer series of Studio 12 rolls on. My favorite moments with head coach Buzz Williams from the Buzz Williams Show this past year. One of those, it is the 15th anniversary of the shot. AC Law hitting the shot. A&M takes down Texas. Storm the court. I was there. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> That's why I brought it, it up. Was, it was two game. He came off the single down and shot that knuckleball. I remember it. I have a picture of it. As soon as as soon as uh, as soon as AC hit that shot and the the reaction of it. Yeah, I remember it. He is right in front of you, right? That yeah, I was I was right standing I, relative. To, I never stood up when I was an assistant, unless mm-hmm. it was a timeout. But um, I was on the same boards that AC was on when he shot the ball. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not taking credit for any of it, but AC was my guy. And, like, I'd seen him – I'd shagged so many balls for him that I knew as soon as he shot it, I would always watch his feet. And as he was rising, I was looking at his feet, and I was like, that's basket. And, like, as soon as I saw him jump – I turned and watched it, and then I stood up because I knew Coach wouldn't say nothing to me on that one. 
I stood up. I was like, Whoa, we won. Wow. Yeah, I remember. You're saying that that would be uh, the fifth? 15th anniversary. What, that. Uh, what day? Today. Yeah, it's today. Today. He was special, wasn't he, Buzz? He could gain separation in very crafty ways, and he became, with each passing week, he became more and more invested in he cared who won. He didn't care who, how he played. He wanted to play well, but he cared if his team won. And I think that's always one of the mature signs. You know, uh, guys that don't play well, they're upset because they didn't play well. And then they get to the point where, well, my buddy played well and I played okay. But when you reach that layer of the thing I care about the most is if my team wins and whether I made a basket or not, did I find ways to affect the game in hopes that our team would win? And AC affected the game in multiple ways as he matured to the point where that was his priority. And it's not AC. I think that's any anybody. Mm-hmm. Can you affect the game when the ball's not in your hand? And then can you affect the game when the ball's not in your hand, whether your team has the ball or not? And there's uh, so many categories of ways to affect the game. But he, he got to where, like, he wasn't a good shooter, per se, but he was going to make that shot. This is my opinion. He was going to make that shot because of how much he invested in ways to help the team when he didn't have the ball or Texas A&M didn't have the ball. And uh, he obviously uh, went on and had, I think, uh, drafted by the Hawks. I think he played multiple years. And then obviously, you know, he still – he works in the NBA now. Yeah. And he's uh, – I have a really good relationship with him, always have, still do now. Um, But, yeah, I remember the shot. Just by you saying you looked at his feet and knew it was good tells me that that's all all I need. Well, see, you know, left-handed shooter, shooting the ball on the – if you're looking at the rim, shooting the ball on the right side of the rim Mm -hmm. when he shot it. So, as a left-handed player, he's receiving the uh, down screen and he's – coming towards the ball with his left hand, but he's shooting it on the right side of the floor. It's the same exact thing for a right-handed shooter on the left side of the floor. Do they get their hips square to the rim, and where are their toes when they shoot it? And AC shot such a, you know, his elbow was kind of out, and it was kind of a knuckleball. But when he would get his feet set, despite the trajectory of the ball or the rotation of the ball, his feet normally told the story of whether it was going in or not. And it went in. Big guts. <laughs> Big guts. You know, he, he, he wasn't scared to take that shot because of how he impacted the game in other ways. And that's – I think those are correlated. Guys that don't affect the game in different ways, uh, they want to shoot the – you know, uh, it's a last-second shot. Let me dribble, 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 shoot this one, and – um. Um, it's a hero shot. I hope it goes in. But those guys that are affecting the game in different ways, those are the ones that they not only want to take the shot, 
but they have no fear of the consequence of whether they make it or miss it. And, like, if you watched AC's reaction to the shot, it was, like, not arrogant. Correct. Not egotistical. It was like, no, I've worked really hard to be in a position to have the confidence to do all of the things that led up to the possession to take the shot. And I've not necessarily deserve it more than anyone else, but I've earned the right to take it, and I'm making it. And, um, yeah, yeah, that, things were so much easier when I was an assistant. <laughs> I'm not, if, if and when I go back to being an assistant, uh-huh. I'll, I'll do better because I've sat in this chair for so long now. I'll be like, Coach, I ain't standing up. I ain't going to cause no problem. I know what play they're about to run. They call it two. If you if you want me to tell the team, I'll tell them it's two. But you can tell them I I'm gonna be a great assistant. I'll be here early. I'll be here every day before you get here. I'll stay till you leave, coach. I'll take you wherever you need to go. Yeah. And, and when they say we need better players, coach, I'm working as hard as I can. I agree. We got to get better players, and, and we're gonna try to take care of these guys and get some better ones. Like I, I already know all this stuff, y'all. The uh, as a matter of fact, the guy that was the assistant for Coach Gillespie when Coach Gillespie was in high school. He replaced him as the head coach at that high school. That coach was at that game. And I'm still friends with that coach. Mm -hmm. Actually, he wrote me a letter today. That's why I think it's probably triggering my mind. But Coach, that coach was at the game, and he had always told me since I met him when Coach Gillespie hired me, Buzz, they got this all mixed up. The way it should happen is, is you should be a head coach first and then be an assistant because if you've never been a head coach, you have all the answers as an assistant, but only in the lens in which you can see things because you've never seen the whole picture because you've never been the head coach. So everybody should have to be a head coach first prior to being an assistant because then if that was the trajectory – then as an assistant, you would be so much better because you see things from a different lens. Studio 12's summer series continues after this here on The Zone. To the homeowners and the potential homeowners out there, if you're looking for your first home, maybe your dream home, Maybe you want to refinance your home or take some cash out of your home. Give Matt Winslow a call at 936-443-3064. You have questions? Matt will have the answers. He's from right here. Fighting Texas Aggie class of 01. He's been in the mortgage industry for over a decade. He wants to hear your story. More importantly, he wants to help you out however he can. It's Matt Winslow at 936-443-3064. Studio 12's summer series continues. My favorite moments with Buzz Williams from this past season's Buzz Williams shows. In this segment, Buzz talks about how the team adapted and adjusted all season long. Maybe sometime, Andrew, during our tenure here, there will be more fluidity in what we're trying to accomplish. I I think year number one, no matter where you are or who you are, you do have to instill some style of play. You do have to instill some what you believe you want your habits and culture to be. And I think in many respects, we were able to accomplish that in year one. But I do think from a technical standpoint or a tactical standpoint as a coach, as you're installing all of that, instilling all of that, 
in your culture and in how you want to play. I think it's your responsibility to adapt and give them the best chance for success. You, you were in Orlando. Uh, we got beat every single game. We played in the last place game and got beat. Down at halftime, lose the game. When you think about where we were 100 days later, completely different. A portion of that is the habits of our culture. A portion of that is the reps on a daily basis of our style of play. But then the third category, I think, is we were adaptable. We were uh, malleable on, hey, let's tweak this, try that. Uh, let's give Chuck more minutes on the ball. Let's give Nebo more touches. Uh, let's find a way to get Eman in a better position to rebound. Let's use save to initiate offense at times. How can we get Q uh, in an ISO, more of a downhill, get fouled scenario? And I think that's how we close the year with the success that we had. And then you enter year two. Well, in this particular year, it's unique because we didn't have a spring. We talked about this early on, and we can't control this. And this is not to justify our lack of success, but you don't really have a spring when you're hired as a coach because the roster's in such a state of flux and you're having to bring in so many people. It's not your typical spring. And so a year ago this week, when we came home after the cancellation of the tournament, we didn't have a spring because uh, the pandemic was beginning. And then we didn't have a summer because the state shut down, the school shut down. We sent our players home. So we, we missed those reps in the spring. We missed those reps in the summer. And then we didn't bring our guys back when the fall semester started. So we had a condensed fall as far as what we tried to accomplish in the rhythm and the routine. So everything has been unique. And then we tried to begin kind of where we left off but we have a lot of new guys. They missed the summer. They missed the fall, not only on the floor, but in the weight room and the film room. So it's been disjointed in many ways while we're all trying to do our best. And then obviously when you miss 32 days of games and of practices and then try to go again, when you go again, what we're going again on is all brand new to everybody. And so I don't know in that long diatribe answer that we've handled everything right. I'm not saying that, but there's never been a consistency or a flow or a rhythm in nearly every category of what you want in building a program. Does it speak to the type of student athlete you recruit and the character he has to be able to go through this? I for sure think it speaks to their character. Uh, our roster has to improve. Uh, that's my responsibility. That's my fault. We have to do better uh, in regards to talent acquisition. That's not to be negative towards the guys we have here. I would, I'll say that next year and the next year and the next year, that's, that's the lifeblood of any program, regardless of sport. But when you talk about the character of, uh, no matter what age each of these student athletes are, for them to have been through 
all of the different things that they have been through over the last 11 and a half months and to be able to have the week we had last week uh, I think it speaks so much to how they were raised and who their parents are and what's important uh, to them as people and what they believe in and how they were raised long before they got to Texas A&M. Because in many respects, Andrew, uh, from an emotional standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, it is much easier to go hey, guys, man, this has been a lot. Let's just try it again next year. Because emotionally, what they've been through is unprecedented. What they're going through physically is incredibly difficult. Let's play on January the 30th, and then we'll play again on March the 3rd. And uh, in between, well, you know, uh, you can lift weights over at Cowfield sometimes. You can have one ball on one rim for a week. Uh, never mind. Uh, we've, we're having – consecutive positive tests everybody stay isolated for days at a time so physically man that's hard that's hard on your body your 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 body weight is changing your strength is changing your cardiovascular is for sure going in the wrong direction and then mentally uh, hey guys when we get back when we get back we don't know when we're going to get back but we're planning and preparing when we get back when we get back uh, everything we've done on this side of the floor, uh, we're not doing it. And here's brand new stuff. Here's a couple of clips. We've never done it. So we're going to show you clips of other teams that have done it. And then we're going to kind of add our own flair to it. And then on the other end, uh, we did some of this uh, 10 years ago, and we're going to kind of bring it back to life. So mentally, we're asking them to do a lot. So from a character standpoint, I believe they're not perfect. I'm not suggesting that, but their character is above reproach in regards to how they've handled the last 11 months. I can't think of a better way to wrap up this show than with this segment. It has been a while since we have been able to uh, be together. And, I, and I'm, look, I, I'm just going to apologize. I'm sorry I wasn't. I wanted to be there Saturday. I was watching. I was listening. <laughs> There. I was just saying what transpired I mean, I mean, when you weren't there in case any of the nine people that listen, they're aware of you weren't there and you saw how we played. And I, I'm just saying, I, I, if you don't want me to show and we go undefeated from here on out, I, I'll, I'll take I'll that make deal. Sure, if we went undefeated, I'll make sure that you continue to receive all of your benefits and pay. That's why I love you, Coach. You know that. That's why. We can let Evan call the game. He doesn't do anything for his benefits and pay at all. No. Like, he has the mm, best job in Texas. Yeah. Right yeah. I mean, I'd love to disagree make with sure, you. But. Make sure Buzz shows up. I've showed up my whole life. You don't have to be here, man. I know where it is. <laughs> I don't need the stats. You go to Google and print them out. You, you've been on this campus before, right? You know where yeah, everything I mean, I, is. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're I'll familiar with Reed Arena. He has the best. When they run me out of here, I'm going to try to get one of his jobs. You know, like just that genre of job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you do that, you're going to totally outwork him. He's never going to. They're going to be comparing I've him gotten to, to where you I kind of talked to him this year. I've gotten to where I kind of like him because Josh and everybody said I can talk to him. Now, last year I never even spoke to him. I was just say, what's what's the SID guy's name? Coach, his name's Evan. Okay. Yeah. Well, I only see him when he's like chaperoning me where I'm supposed to go. I this ain't the zoo. <laughs> like, I know where I'm going, man. 
<laughs> going to see Monaco and Coach Thornton. I saw them over there during the game. I know where they are. I know they're there, yeah. yeah. And really, you want to talk to Dr. Thornton more, right? Because that's, that's, that's way better conversation. I'll, I will say this. As, as a person that wants to be a coach's coach, I adore Coach Thornton. Yeah. And I, yeah. Love Co- I adore Coach Slocum, and I adore Coach Thornton. And I've been around a lot of, a lot of coaches regardless of sport, but those are, those are two of my favorite people. And I didn't know Coach Slocum the way I've gotten to know him since I've been back. But when I was here, yeah. you know, it's just – People that treat people the right way, regardless of their title, regardless of their age, you know, like, yeah, I just love Coach. My, my, one of my favorite things with, with Coach Slocum was um, you go meet him or you introduce him. So I, my, I introduced my wife and, you know, this is my wife, Laura, and he goes, yeah, uh, RC. And I looked at him, I said, yeah. you really don't have to introduce yourself. We kind of all know that. That's but right. that is the gentleman in, yeah, in, and in that Coach he Slocum. Says yes. Absolutely. He doesn't say coach. Nope. Any coach that introduces themselves saying coach first, you know that they're they're worried about some other stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. I'm Andrew Monaco. Thanks for joining me for this edition of Studio 12's Summer Series. We'll see you soon here on The Zone. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.